0: Join us and unwind with a good book. Welcome to Relaxing Reads.
1: Hi, it's Deb in Halifax. And it's Simone in Vancouver. This month's book, Our Latest Read, is a debut rom com novel by Sonia Singh, where we are taken on a journey of letting go, self discovery, a woman's journey of connecting to her South Asian roots, culture, food, family, feast, and fun in Sorry Not Sorry. Manny Dogra is the beautiful young CEO of Breakup, a highly successful company that helps people manage their relationship breakups. As preoccupied as she is with her business, business, she's also planning her wedding to handsome architect Adam Jameson while dealing with the loss of her beloved parents. Manny has never understood why her parents, who were both born in India, always wanted her to become an all-American girl. But that's what she did and all she knows. She knows next to nothing about her South Asian heritage and that's never been a problem until her parents are no longer around and a photoshopped image of her that makes her skin look white appears on a major magazine cover. Now the woman who built an empire encouraging others to be true to themselves is having an identity crisis. So, Simone, what did you think? Oh my gosh,
0: this book really had everything. And, you know, I'm South Asian and I just love the way the story was told through being at a big Fat Indian celebration. It's something that I've missed these last few years because of the pandemic. There hasn't been such big events. So when I got immersed into this book, it almost took me back to all those scenarios you would get in at those weddings, like the song, the dance, the food, and then the meddling aunties who were coming up to you and <laughs> asking such, you know, inappropriate questions. And even about Manny, like seeing just how much she kind of shunned her culture in the beginning. But then she got to a point where she was like, you know what, I need to discover The Real Me. I just loved this whole book from beginning to end. It had so much of everything. It had those lighthearted moments. It had the things that were heavy and made you feel
1: emotion. But it was just such a great read. It was. I I loved it too. I think it's one of my favorite books. And as I was reading it, I thought, I've never been to an Indian wedding and I so want to be part of it. The the bright, vibrant, you know, colors, the music, oh, the dancing, (laughs) And, and everything in between. I was really drawn to the characters. It was an easy read, and I don't know. There was just something so dynamic and wonderful. I just, I felt like I was in every setting and in every page. I kept going through thinking, oh my gosh, where are we going to be next? Because I love all of it. And the characters, I love the characters.
0: And she was so descriptive in her writing that you could, even if you've never attended a, a, wed- like a wedding, you yeah. probably felt like you were there because you were experiencing so much of it or maybe things you've seen on TV. And I think now that when you do go to your first wedding, you're just going to be on the lookout for all these little scenarios yeah. that could be happening.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So dating, of course, is what we get into with the book, but it's it's complicated. And we know love is complicated. Ending a relationship is complicated. We all love a great love story, but how about a great breakup? What do you think about the idea of this service that Manny and uh and her company provides what
0: an amazing concept like i never Mm -hmm. thought of this and you think about friends you know or people in your life who have said they need to send a text to somebody whether it's a a breakup or just something else and they don't know how to frame it and it's it's almost easier to send a text or an email than it is to make that phone call because then you take that whole emotion out of it but Sometimes you need people to craft these for you. You never think about it because when you see words come through, they can be taken so many different ways. And if you have mm-hmm. someone who's an expert in this field, who's going to soften the blow and, and do that for you, I thought it was a really neat idea. And I was thinking, does this exist? Is there I an, know, is there an yeah. app? And you, you think of any kind of a scenario. What if it's like leaving a job or asking for a raise? What if there yeah. was somebody to help draft that for you?
1: I think there's definitely a business idea here. I do too. And, you know, like talking about love stories, you know, we all get get behind love and think it's wonderful, but... When two people are just not getting into what the relationship started out as being as, you know, so wonderful and and when they need to to end it, you see some couples who you think, hey, how did they do it? They're still getting along even though they're not together. And then you look at another couple who they hate each other. They can't stand each other and they can't be in the same community. And if there are other family ties, it's just really messy. So if you can help somebody create that great breakup, then perhaps, if it's meant to be, maybe you can be still friends with, with that person. I I think this, this service, if it doesn't exist, I think that, yeah, definitely somebody should be getting into it. Well, that's just it. It's that whole aspect of closure.
0: For anything you really go through, once you get closure, yeah. and that could be instantaneously, it could take months, it could take years. But once you get that, then you can move forward. So I think for people when a relationship has ended and they still don't understand, then of course you're going to carry a little bit of animosity towards the the partner you were with. But if you were at a place where you're like, okay, we're not compatible, we had a great time together, these are the reasons we shouldn't be together, and you're told that sometimes from an outsider, it's almost helpful because when it's just both of you saying, no, you're, you're like this or I'm like this, then you don't understand it. But I think... Having that outsider intel helps for that relationship. So ultimately, like the whole idea was about that closure.
1: Yeah, definitely. And if you are in uh, the heat of the moment and you've got all these thoughts about what you want to say to that person to wrap it up and, you know, get on to the next relationship or at least just close this one. You might not have, once you get those words out there and, and send it along, it might not be exactly how you had intended it to be. So I think the help of a professional would, would you know, smooth things over for sure. Definitely. So in the book... There is that journey of identity and self-discovery um, at work, at home, as a minority. Have you ever found yourself hiding from who you really are or just not interested in what you think your true identity might reveal, like Manny, when in the end it might be something that you had been missing? Well,
0: for me, I think, you know, I relate to the, the you know, what they talked about in the, uh, the book about, you know, the way our parents are and the culture they had they they often wanted a certain direction for their children it was the whole idea of we are bringing you to a different country a country where you have so many different opportunities and I remember when I first wanted to get into broadcasting I was almost afraid to say that because there wasn't a lot of people like me in the industry so for my parents they were kind of like well maybe you know you could look at being a school teacher or maybe you could be a counselor and I said I want to be on TV or I want to be on the radio and they just couldn't even fathom that. So there was a while, I think I kind of suppressed that. And then I just continued to fight for it and fight for it. And I thought this is what I wanted to do. And they accepted it because they realized, you know, there's a reason we bring our kids to a place like this, we have to let them adapt and immerse themselves and find who they are. And my parents were really great. They really taught us a lot about the culture. We went back to India, you know, many, many times. So I feel very lucky that I know a lot about my background, but I was also able to kind of be a, you know, a Canadian and adapt to who I wanted to be in this country. So I didn't feel like I had to hide a lot, but I have a lot of friends and I related to a lot of these characters who just were so afraid of what other people would say or their parents, whether that's, you know, coming out or, you know, being in a relationship with someone who wasn't from the same background as you. But I think in the last few years, books like this and having these conversations are what is going to move everybody forward. And I think this is important. It's a topic that you should have. It's things I discuss with my children because, again, I was born here and I I now understand what they go through, whereas my parents weren't born here. So they didn't know what we experience day to day in school. So, you know, I think for a, a lot of people who are still afraid to have those conversations, talking about it, reading books like this or having your parents read a book like this because maybe they can understand, oh, Oh, have we been too strict on our kids? I think it's important.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, perhaps parents are fearful of what society, what the community might think if they don't understand the tradition or there's a, you know, there are a number of barriers because this isn't where they grew up and they're trying to learn about what their new community is all about. Um, but, you know, living in a, a multicultural society, we should all be, you know, so much more interested in. And I think there is more interest in, in so many different cultures now um, that we're all trying to embrace. And I think it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful, but to be able to embrace all of it, like 100%. And I think a lot of people um, you know, you, you're just looking at pop culture and what's what's popular right now as I'm growing up. Do I see anybody who looks like me and can I connect with them? And if you don't, you just kind of follow the lead of whoever you might be hanging out with in, in the community. And I'm sure it's very difficult as a minority. I never grew up faced with that. Um, but I I did, I guess, part of me wasn't Always interested in my background or my culture, even though I I did some, you know, some dance and I, I I was introduced to it because it was, it was all around me. But, um, and I think a lot of people are are looking into more of their ancestry, their background, um, what their traditions and history really were all about. Um, And and I think because we've got some more information out there readily available, it makes it a little easier. And I think that books like Sorry, Not Sorry is definitely a great step forward. Definitely.
0: Now, we talked a little bit about uh, the characters in the book. Who would you say was your favorite character? There were so many animated ones
1: yeah yeah. Do you know? What? I mean, I love Manny. Uh, I definitely love Manny. But I think as we got moving and maybe towards the end, the one that stood out for me um and actually got me teared up because of the relationship that he had created with Manny was um her stylist, Aliion. Yeah, yeah. there was something something about him and how. He loved who she was and the the fact that she was able to embrace and and love herself after she discovered, you know, who she truly was and and wasn't afraid of her identity. And um, I don't know, there was something very special about that. I I don't know why, but I got really emotional over that. And I thought, oh, my gosh, he's like a a big brother or he's a, a, a great supporter that perhaps will always be there for her now.
0: I love that as well. You know, I think he was somebody who was who was gay or likes to, you know, be out um, at drag shows. He was somebody yeah. that felt kind of he explained to her he was outed by the culture like he was not accepted. And then when he saw her having this fight to be accepted or learn more about it, I think that's when he was like, I need to help this person understand who they are and be free. And, you know, hopefully he can get to a place where. With his family, where he's more accepted, and so it was—it was lovely to see how much support he gave her, and how he was with her, and he just was always rooting for her, and I love that about him too. He was a great character.
1: Yeah, and when he told her that you know there's something magical about her, just his description of who he saw versus what she wasn't seeing was—it was quite beautiful, somewhat um, similar to to Sammy. And how he saw Manny as well. Yeah, the parts of her that she didn't see. What
0: would you say was your favorite moment in the book?
1: Perhaps through all the festivities, when Sammy himself admitted what he saw, you know, in this woman who he'd been spending the week with at his brother's wedding. And just, again, his description and how taken he was with Manny and um, how, how she was starting or beginning to accept herself as well. Another character I really liked was Sammy's sister Manisha. I mean she was she was so much. <laughs> she was a firecracker. <laughs> she really was, she really was. And I, I don't know who she reminds me of. I feel like I know her. <laughs> but she was she was everything. She was full of emotion and uh, I think I'd like to hang out with her. She would definitely be fun. And I love that now where we had this proposal at the
0: end and, um, you know, she finally, they finally get to be sisters. So I think that's yeah. really cute. And I love how we didn't once mention Adam <laughs> the <This laughs> whole time we've been talking. Oh, right.
1: There was that guy. <laughs>
0: and I also oh yeah oh that that message he sent to that magazine oh wow that, that was terrible and yeah the other thing it was funny how she wanted nothing to do with Sammy in the beginning and it's so funny mm. how this works out because sometimes you hear those stories where people were annoyed or didn't like someone and then oh
1: well look they grew to love each other yeah <laughs> we're, we're total opposites there's no way we can possibly ever get to. Together,
0: And there was almost like two love stories going on with the story of her mom, who was now passed away, who had loved this man in India, but wasn't able to be with him and then ended up with Manny's dad and and learned to love him and had a great marriage with him. But the moment that Sammy's dad sat her down and we found out, bit of a spoiler, obviously, yeah. read it, <laughs> but we found out he was the man that... Her mom was in love with. I thought that was so special because now that's also a missing piece of her that yeah. kind of can come back into her life as almost like mm. a father figure.
1: Yeah. And and the fact that he seemed quite standoffish when first meeting her and she thought, this guy does not like me. He won't speak with me. There's, there's something I, I'm doing wrong. Like, what is it that I have to do to get him to, you know, open up to me? But uh, yeah, I think I think you're right. That father figure, and he was so gentle and so warm and and loving toward her. I thought, oh there's something special.
0: Yeah, it was absolutely magical. Yeah, I loved it. I mean, this was a great book beginning to end. It'll it'll keep you intrigued. You'll want to just know what's happening next. There's so much entertainment value. And there's so much beauty in the actual final story. And yeah, the concept of the breakup. I think somebody should create that. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely. I hope we get to get to learn more about the Patels like what's happening next I don't know there's another book coming but I'm not sure if it's um can if it's completely different or if it is connected to this one
0: well hopefully we can get those questions answered on the phone with us we have Sonia Singh the author of Sorry Not Sorry hi Sonia hi how are you both we are fantastic how are you I'm doing great thank you We're both excited to chat with you about your book. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, we both just read through it and we couldn't put it down. We loved it so much. Oh, thank you. Deb, I'll have you start with uh, some of your questions.
1: Well, Sonia Singh, we are so excited, so happy to have some, uh, you know, just a moment to chat with you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'll give you lots of moments. You'll get lots of moments. (laughs) Oh, good. Oh, good. Well, we love Sorry, Not Sorry. And I can't even believe this is your debut novel. It's a bestseller. You've already got a second one in the works. There's something about a Hallmark movie. It sounds like everything is lined up very well for you. and, And so many writers would hope that this would happen. But tell us how you got here. Despite the success... It was kind of a tough job getting to this point for a number of reasons, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, there was, you know, hurdles that were present from day one. And part of that's being in the industry, which has been dominated by, you know, um, people that don't look like me. And so rom-com is generally a author celebrated through Caucasian women, and I really had to break into this industry and convince agents that, one, I was going to write a South Asian-focused rom-com, and my leading lady is South Asian in a very non-traditional role, but also I came up to a point where I was receiving rejections due to the fact that I was a debut South Asian author about to debut in the same year as another author who was South Asian. So there wasn't enough room, I was told, for two South Asian authors to debut in the same year. So wow. it was it was quite gutting to hear this, but at the same time gave me a lot more, you know, fuel to add to this fire that was already burning, and just pushed me harder to make sure that the story was told with the right people and with the right publisher, and um, to an audience that was going to celebrate it.
1: Well, you have an incredible story, and the characters are wonderful. For some people, perhaps, how can you explain how important it is to have culture in this novel, especially South Asian culture?
2: Yeah, you know, I think for me, Manny, who's my protagonist, really showcases the fact that there is a lot more than just the relationships that she's bending through, but she's also discovering herself in this journey, and that was really important to me, being a 40-something female who only discovered and embraced her South Asian heritage a few years ago. And so I really wanted to be able to carry those elements in a very authentic and genuine way But also have laughter through this. You know, this is a quick read. It's a, it's a fiction book. It's not faction. And the point of view of the story of a woman who is discovering the South Asian culture in a span of a week is going to be food, fashion, and feasting with family. So I really wanted to drop those nuggets of being able to walk away with an audience wanting to learn more. And this is my point of view as a South Asian woman telling this story.
1: And it is beautiful. Like, it it's really, you. you got me. Like, I, I was so invested in this and everything. And so vibrant and, and descriptions of everything. I felt like I was in just about every page. <laughs> oh,
2: thank you. That's so great to hear. And, you know, that was actually one of the yellow flags that popped up when I was putting my book out there and I wanted agents to discover it and they weren't quite set on the fact that it was heavy in dialogue. You know, the the settings and the scenes were amped up a little bit later in the book when Manny does go to the wedding and she gets to be part of the engagement, the reception and really invest herself in the clothing and the food and the smells and sights and sounds of being South Asian. But I wrote it this way so that one day you'll be able to see my book on TV or in a movie.
0: Yeah, we definitely well, both picked yeah. that up. And I know Deb has said um, she's never been to a South Asian wedding. And this just totally immerses you in that world. I know. I want to get married now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so you you wrote this during the pandemic? while going through a breakup yourself. So, and and a number of other people did as well. You know, I guess that time gave reflection for reevaluating relationships. Yeah,
2: no, I think that I was probably at a point where I had dedicated so much time to this relationship and so much of my energy. And I really just got to this point where I was putting together these really silly PowerPoint presentations as to why me and this, Individuals should be together. And I realized that I had just lost my mind. And instead of putting all these efforts towards the words that were going into texts and emails and PowerPoint presentations, why don't I just put it into a book and it almost became a way for me to really introduce a form of therapy and eventually moved on from that relationship and just the, the toxic behavior that was not just coming from the individual but myself you know and so I think it really helped me heal and created space for myself to be seen in a character who so openly talks about breaking up relationships and dating, which. Oftentimes in the South Asian culture, we don't necessarily talk about that so openly.
1: And had you been looking for ideas to write, but this, because everything was so fresh with your own relationship, you couldn't ignore ignore it? Or had you been thinking, I'm definitely going to be doing some kind of a romance novel?
2: That's a great question. I think I got to the point where I had always wanted to write rom com. And that was ignited by the fact that I was watching, you know, I grew up watching Sex in the City, um, Bridget Jones 1, 2, and 3, and the characters were not South Asian. They did not look like me, but yet were expressing all the do's and don'ts of being in a relationship. And so I knew that as a writer, if I did become an author, I really wanted to have a central character who was going to be South Asian. And I wanted this face to be the next Carrie or the next Bridget. And that's how I came about writing the story.
1: Oh, well, again, it's it, it's really it's, it's so wonderful. And I guess like therapy, sometimes we need to go to outside sources a stranger, so we can hear the advice, <laughs> hear the words. We need to help sort through the end of a relationship. And is there such a thing of a breakup service? And if not, will you add that to your plate? <laughs>
2: You know, what's so funny is that I initially always felt like I was a breakup service because I was constantly the ear to my friends. And so I obviously didn't charge them <laughs> for my <laughs> advice. And clearly I wasn't taking any of my own advice. And so, you know, I think it's a great idea. And I have had a little bit of, you know, you walk into this um, like this black hole of sometimes as authors you go online and you read the reviews, which I will never do again. But there are sometimes people get upset about the fact that how did I this day and age write about a woman who owns a breakup agency? That's such a difficult thing for someone to be broken up through text or email. But the reality is that the pandemic really showed us Various types of breakups, including being ghosted, you know, thinking that you're in a relationship and the person never talks to you again or blocks you on WhatsApp. And that's how people were being broken up with during the pandemic. And I think that's going to continue with or without the pandemic.
0: And I think the key here is, you know, you talked about this in your book, is the closure aspect. Like breakups can go terribly when you are ghosted or you don't understand. But if you can provide someone with a reason and give them that little bit of, okay, hey, let's just realize we're not compatible. It's okay for us to step away. I think that's a big part of it.
2: Oh, yeah. And, you know, the other thing is oftentimes that we don't close the door all the way. (laughs) And, you know, you kind of leave it a bit open. And so the, the other individual who is being dumped, for lack of a better word, kind of see a carrot that's dangling and perhaps may or may not put efforts into trying to rekindle that relationship. So breakup agency is shutting that door completely. There is no window, there's no crack, no one's getting in.
0: <laughs> and Deb and I were saying that it's such a great service, that there should be some kind of, a, you know, a service to help you quit your job or ask for a raise at work.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know, it can just go into so many things. And you know, the truth is, I at least for me, you know, there are friends that I really got to reevaluate friendships during the pandemic too. And sometimes, you know, I had to break up with those friends. And so I think when we talk about breaking up, it can be, yeah, breaking up with a job, breaking up with a friendship. It just goes past the idea of, it doesn't always have to be an intimate relationship.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. just on that point, thinking about all those Zooms that we started with all these different <laughs> groups for what seemed like forever, um, but then yeah. gradually they they were a bit tiresome, a bit much, and we moved away from them.
2: <laughs> right. Well, and really, most of them also had copious amounts of alcohol. <laughs> you
1: know, as you tried There to, was like, that. Oh, it. yeah.
2: Yes, yes. <laughs> so I had to, like... Sober up a bit and realize that, you know, every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, didn't need to be in front of Zoom and several bottles of wine later. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Especially if you weren't having, you know, a Bollywood scene to go along with it.
2: I know, I know. So, and which you know, is another thing about the pacing of Sorry Not Sorry is, I'm not sure if you caught this, but I wanted to make sure that it happened very quickly because that's what happens in Bollywood movies. You know, you you see the gentleman who looks across the room and falls in love with a girl and the next day they're married. And that's what the pacing of Sorry Not Sorry was for me is it represented what I watched growing up, which were Bollywood movies.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I was falling for it. I, I, <laughs> I, I was putting myself in that moment and thinking I could definitely do this. Yes, hang out with yeah. somebody for a week and then by the end, have a, a true relationship. Yeah, I'm game.
0: Yeah. You were you were yeah. also game to just hang out with Manisha and party with her Deb. <laughs>
1: oh yeah. Oh definitely. She was great. <laughs> well, She's you know whole, Manisha a whole lot of fun. Is- Oh, she's a whole lot of fun. And actually,
2: she's going to be the protagonist in my second book. which <gasps> is my Yes. What?
0: Oh, really?
2: Yes, yes. So she's coming back. She gets her own book. And it is a big party with Manisha. So,
1: Oh, my I'm really, God.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm so excited.
2: I know. She's such a fun character. And I didn't want to... I mean, as much as you got, there were so many other layers to Manisha and I think that she just deserved her own book.
0: Definitely. So I'm South Asian and I love that you wrote a book about a strong South Asian character. And Sonia, I was watching an interview with you and I feel like we have a similar path because you were in, in entertainment and you grew up not seeing people like you. I grew up wanting to be Monica Diol as well yeah. and you know, did TV and ended up in radio. But it's so nice to have people like you in this world of writing books. And it made me sad that you said that there almost wasn't room for two South Asian authors because mm-hmm. that would never happen in a non-South Asian world. So it's mm-hmm. it's interesting that happened. Do you have other South Asian authors reaching out to you hoping to follow in your path? I do. You
2: know, my, my DM, people are always sliding into my DMs now <laughs> asking a lot of <laughs> questions um, about how to get started. And I absolutely am always offering feedback because you know, unfortunately, I didn't have that door open for me, whether I was working in television and the entertainment industry, um, switched over to PR. I had to open all those doors for myself. And also, my parents are immigrants, and they worked in factories all their lives. So there wasn't a situation of, okay, well, so-and-so works here, so you can be an intern here, and eventually we'll move you up in the company. I had to sort of figure out how to do that on my own. And I think, you know, one of the things that going into this as an author, which created almost this competitive base for me with other South Asian authors, because the agent had embedded in my brain that somebody else was coming out with a book who's South Asian, so there wasn't enough room. That I started to look at South Asian authors as my competition, and it really wasn't until the book came out that I realized that that's not the smart tactic to do. You know, those are my babies. Those are my sisters. And there's so little of us that I have to look at them as my friends and not my competitors.
0: Exactly. And it's so nice to see the Canadian authors banding together. Like, you know, we've interviewed Marissa Stapley a few times. We've read um, two of her books. And it's so nice, the love that she gives you and you give her back. So it's it's just the whole, you know, women empowering women. Let's support each other. We all have a place. And uh, let's not compete or let people, you know, get in our heads about competing. Let's help each other and move forward.
2: Yeah. And I really hope that what you're saying is going to be, direction of, you know, moving the needle in that way that I can possibly next year when The Fake Matchmaker comes out, I will have a South Asian author blurb my book versus Marissa, who I love. But, you know, as a South Asian author, it would be nice to have a South Asian author who's really successful be the quote on my book as well.
0: Yeah, that would be amazing. What's the next book called? The, The Fake Matchmaker with Manisha. Okay. And then you also mentioned, I think I heard something about Christmas Spice. So Christmas Spice is um, a movie that I'm
2: writing for Hallmark. So it'll be the first South Asian Christmas holiday movie. And it'll have a cast of three South Asian actors. And it comes out in December of 2022. Oh,
0: That's oh my amazing. God. So a lot of projects on the go here.
1: <laughs> it's going to be Lots the best projects. Christmas
2: ever. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. And, you know, I think it's just like I'm really excited about being able to represent and being able to open those doors for other South Asian women. And I think that that's what I was really born to do is help anyone who's in the industry and doesn't really know where to start is I'm definitely there to give them a helping hand.
1: Well, wow. Sonia, you are such a treat like what you have introduced to to so many of us is something that's, that's really beautiful. So I want to thank you, you know, as a, a non-South Asian uh, woman, I really want to soak up this culture so much. I'm just, I'm falling in love with everything that you've thrown at us.
2: Oh, thank you. I mean, that was the end goal. And Hopefully it also made you hungry
0: because I put in a lot of So outfits.
1: hungry. So very hungry. I just
0: I just finished telling Deb um, that uh, I have two uh, weddings coming up this summer and she sounded quite jealous.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: You know, just like, oh, my gosh, the amount of money and time you spend with these outfits. But it's all worth it at the end of the day when you get to wait in line for the buffet, right?
0: Yeah, we all need an Elion in our life who can dress us.
2: You do. Yes, you do. Oh, my gosh. I need one in my life. I do, but <laughs> yeah, certainly a, a very fun cast of characters with Sorry, Not Sorry. Uh,
0: and last question, uh, with us being a book club, um, we both work in radio and with the podcast. Uh, who are some upcoming authors that you recommend? Like, what books are you getting into right now?
2: Yeah, so I'm actually looking forward to, Sonia Lolly has always been a rom-com author, and she's coming out with her first thriller, which is Where is Sarah? That comes out in August. I'm really excited to read that. Um, and I love the fact that she transitioned from rom-com into, into this new genre. Um, and Amita Parikh, who wrote The Circus Train, I'm loving her book. It's a genre that I normally wouldn't get into, fantasy, but it's so good. I highly recommend it. And Emily Giffen, who, you know, was my first supporter even before I had a book deal. I sent her my draft. You know, there's tons of, like, grammar spelling mistakes, and she put it on her Instagram. And from there, I got my deal. So, she her yeah. book comes out I think at the end of the month called Meant to Be, um, so those are my those are my three favorites right now.
0: Awesome. Well, we look forward to maybe adding those to our list. Um, Thank you so much, Sonia, for giving us your time. And like I said, we love this book. It was amazing. I'll probably reread it again or share it with friends because it was just that good.
2: Oh, thank you. I'm so glad that it got into your hands. And I'm just loving all these new relationships that I get to make, including with both of you.
1: Oh, thank you very much, Sonia.
0: Thank you. Thanks so much. Enjoy the rest of your day.
2: Thank you, ladies. Have a wonderful week. Take
1: care. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for kicking back and relaxing with us. We hope you'll join us again on Relaxing Reads.